Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley. Joined in studio here by Lorraine Buckley, Martina O'Sullivan and Margaret O'Sullivan. And this morning we're going to speak about vocations. Lorraine, you yes, got some ideas indeed. for us. Yes, indeed. We are going to talk about vocations, but we're also going to use that word that you said right at the start of the programme, John. You said you were surrounded by holy ladies. And people don't like that word holy. Mm-hmm. And we, we try our best not to be considered holy. Oh, no, I'm not holy, not me. No. Because we have this idea of being holy Joes or holy Josephines mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, this idea of constantly eating the toes off statues and things like that, mm-hmm. which isn't very fair. But we're going to look at the term holiness and what it means to be holy in the light of our vocation. Okay. Now, vocation comes from the Latin vocare, and that just means to call. So in the simplest terms, a vocation means a calling. Now, we believe that God has a plan for each of us. Mm -hmm. God has, in Mm -hmm. fact, the most wonderful plan for each of us. We are created out of love and for love. Mm -hmm. But we can talk about two vocations. We can talk about vocation as the universal call to holiness, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then we have our particular vocation, Uh, which is the way in which we live out our Mm -hmm. call to holiness. Now, we'll have a look at that universal call to holiness first. Chapter 5 of the Second Vatican Council's Dogmatic Constitution. Now, again, big titles. There were four dogmatic constitutions that were issued in um, the Second Vatican Council. And one of them happened to be on the church, and it's called Lumen Gentium. And Chapter 5 of that was called The Universal Call to Holiness in the Church. And in that document, the Council Fathers remind us that Jesus is our teacher and our model. Mm. And he preached holiness of life to everyone. He didn't say, some of you be perfect. Mm. And the rest of you, you're grand. grand, No, he said, be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. So God the Father... And God the Son sent us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit might move us inwardly to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, with all our mind and with all our strength, which we're going to come back to later anyway when we look at the gospel, Mm -hmm. and to love each other as Christ loves us. So really at the heart of what we mean by holiness is love. So I've been doing a lot of reading of the writings of St. John Paul II at the moment because I'm doing a license in catechetics and my um, prominent figure is John Paul II. And he describes our relationship with God like a divine marriage. He looks at different parts in scripture where Jesus Mm -hmm. is described as a bridegroom. For example... John the Baptist was once asked whether he was the Messiah because loads of people saw John baptizing and teaching and thought, jeepers, we have our Messiah finally. But John the Baptist says and describes himself as the friend of the bridegroom. Well, who's the bridegroom? The bridegroom is Jesus himself. And John the Baptist says, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. 
So John is describing himself only as the friend. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself is the bridegroom. And then John the Baptist's disciples were out walking one day with Jesus, and they took the opportunity to say to Jesus, they said, look, John taught us to fast, but your disciples, they're going around and they're eating all around them. They don't Mm. follow the prescribed fast. And Jesus replied, the wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. And there's many other places in the New Testament where Jesus is described as the bridegroom in Ephesians, in the book of Revelations. But unfortunately, as usual, mm. we're so caught for time yeah. here. Mm. We don't have time to um, to look at them all. No. But Jesus is the bridegroom. And he invites each one of us personally, he calls each one of us by name, into an intimate relationship with him. And this is the way John Paul describes it like a divine marriage proposal. Like, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. No matter who we are, Mm -hmm. whichever listener you are out there listening to us, whether you are a priest or a religious or a lay person, whether you're married already, Mm. God is inviting you into a divine marriage proposal. Okay, so there's two parts to that. First, the marriage part. What do we mean by that? Well, God wants to give himself entirely to you so that you can give yourself entirely to him. Mm -hmm. And then it's a proposal because God does not force himself on any of us. He entrusts himself. He offers himself as a gift to us, Mm -hmm. but we're free to reject that gift, Mm -hmm. as as wonderful and as horrible as that sounds. Like, Mm -hmm. free will is an awesome gift, but it, oh my gosh. But we couldn't love without free will. We cannot love, in fact, without free will. So then our response of faith is our yes to that divine marriage proposal. So then what is holiness? Well, John Paul says, holiness is love, loved. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, that's so profound and it's so simple. But at the same time, it's worth repeating. Holiness is love, capital L, loved. In other words, holiness is loving the one who is love. John the the Evangelist reminds us of that, a different John now, John who wrote the gospel and wrote the letters. He said, God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. And that's precisely what Pope John Paul means when he says that we have a divine marriage proposal from God to for God to live in us and for us to live in God, to live in love. And of course, we're all given that gift of love or that gift of holiness at baptism when we receive God's Holy Spirit. Because at baptism, we are made really holy. We are. But like any gift, if you don't use it, you lose it. We know mm-hmm. that phrase. So we have to hold on to the gift of holiness to nurture it and to complete that gift of holiness or love in our lives. So what? how do we do that? Well, first and foremost, as, as Father John reminded us a, a few weeks back, we do that by the great ways that Jesus has shown us, by the mm-hmm. sacraments and by, mm-hmm. you know, going to receive God again, receiving the three persons of the Holy Trinity in Holy Communion, by when we do fall by going to confession, which is another beautiful, wonderful sacrament of healing, by praying, nurturing that relationship with God. Can you imagine being in a marriage relationship where neither of you speak to each other? Mm -hmm. Like Mm. how sad that would be. Mm. 
Um, so we have to talk to God. And of course, by doing um, all those wonderful good things that we do throughout our lives anyway. And St. Paul has kind of given us a roadmap, really. He encourages us to live as become saints. Now, St. Paul uses that term saints for all Christians. And he says, to put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, a heart of mercy. This is the year of mercy. This is the year where we are called to love as God loves. And again, we'll come back to that hopefully in the gospel. And St. Paul says to put on a heart of mercy, of kindness, of humility, of meekness, of patience, to possess the fruit of the Spirit in holiness. And since we all offend God in many things, we all need God's mercies continually. And so we pray every day the Lord's Prayer forgive us our debts, you know, forgive us our trespasses. Mm -hmm. And even there's that lovely quote from Proverbs, which says that the just man falls seven times. Mm -hmm. But the second part of the Mm -hmm. quote isn't very often quoted. The just man falls seven times, but they will rise again. Mm -hmm. God never wants us to wallow in our Mm -hmm. sins. Our Mm -hmm. sins do not come from God. Mm -hmm. You know, to sin is to fall short of the mark. That's what it means. It means basically to land on the ground Mm -hmm. and say, look, whatever God never wants us to wallow it all he just wants us to do is say Lord I made a mess of that Mm -hmm. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. you know help me not to make a mess Mm -hmm. of it again and that's what we do every time we go to confession so that's the type of holiness that's what we mean by the universal called holiness Mm -hmm. it sounds easy doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) yes You think about that one? No, look, realistically, yeah, yeah. of course it's not easy. It's something we all have to work at. And even when you hear of the great saints, like I'm reading um, a lot of material by St. Padre Pio at the moment, and he talks about his sinfulness and, uh, you know, how he led a terrible mm-hmm. life. The man never committed a mortal sin in his life. Mm-hmm. But because he was so in tune with yeah. what it meant mm-hmm. to be loved mm-hmm. by God, mm-hmm. and he was so aware of how short of the mark he was in loving mm. God in return, that he could see yeah. where he was falling down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's what we're encouraged to do, not to beat ourselves up, but to make the best genuine effort yeah. every day yes, yeah. to love God yeah. and to love others for his sake. It's a bit like those of us who are parents, you know, and and um, sometimes maybe overdo the mark with children, the people who we love, mm. you know. But uh, sometimes we need to be reminded, you know, that listen, we should love them a little bit more. And, and, and as Padre Pio done there, he didn't want to offend Jesus in any way. Exactly. We don't want to offend our mm-hmm. child in any way at all. Definitely. And then it, it's like this sort of holiness is something you kind of grow into anyway, which sounds a bit strange, actually, because you start off very holy at baptism mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. the slate is wiped clean mm-hmm. and you're given every gift you need not to commit a mortal sin at baptism we mm-hmm. all know this um but we do kind of grow to know more about our faith and then we grow up and then some of us might take a fit, little bit of a, a side detour. journey a detour. little detour a little yeah. detour every now and again <laughs> and we have maybe our first conversion yeah our second conversion yeah. or our 22nd conversion yeah. or maybe our 42nd conversion and yeah. some of us might be on our 1,000th conversion. Yeah. And like, again, as we've said before, conversion is just a change of heart. Mm-hmm. When we realise again that 
Oh, jeepers. I need to orientate myself back towards God. Mm -hmm. That's what conversion is. Mm -hmm. So, we grow into holiness when we start living that life of grace again. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're to obey the Ten Commandments, but it's not enough to do that. Because if you remember back to a gospel a couple of weeks ago, Jesus said that we have to take up our cross every day. Mm. Now, our cross isn't just suffering. Yeah, we do have to kind of, you know, accept that things happen in life and we don't always have control over that. And, uh, you know, it's great if we can offer it to God and say, Lord, I don't know why this happened, but you've allowed it to happen and I love you for that. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also called to kind of make sacrifices in the day. And anybody who knows, anybody who's a parent knows what it means to make sacrifices. It means getting up at night when your child is sick. Mm -hmm. It means putting yourself out for the neighbour down the road who's asked you for something at the, at the moment's notice. Mm -hmm. It means giving up what you love during Lent to give money to the poor. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the little things that actually we do every day. Mm -hmm. It means putting ourselves out. And it's looking for those little opportunities. That's what God wants mm -hmm. of us. It's practicing the virtues. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's what we mean by the universal call to holiness. And then we're all called to that sort of life. Mm -hmm. And I suppose, mm -hmm. you, you, I suppose it's, it's, as you're talking, I mean, it reminds me of the wonderful privilege that we have that in, in the Feast of the, of the Divine Mercy. Oh, Sunday, you know, when you gorgeous. consider, like it's, it's, it's a new baptism for us, mm -hmm. for those who go and you know attend the mass and go to holy communion and go to confession that day and you know you make a good confession and you come out with with literally a white slate mm -hmm. absolutely you know mm -hmm. i i was i visited um father patrick payton's center in 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 Atty mass and mayo mm -hmm. at the weekend like i just i i have his book um uh, to uh, through mary like it's all about mm -hmm. uh, he goes to god through mm -hmm. mary mm -hmm. and like how holy he was and how trusting he was yes, yes. and like he met so many obstacles and I mean if you read his autobiography it's at the very last instant but like every photograph that was in his book he has the rosary tied out tied around his, his fingers you know mm, mm, mm. and he's with all the stars Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly and Raymond Burr and President Reagan and Pope John Paul and but he every single time he has his rosary but just to tell you a funny story, um, St. Anthony's relics came to Killarney, you know, and the day that they were there, I happened, I went back in the morning for 10 o'clock mass and Keen was off sick, so he came with me. Anyway, he was, we were there for the mass and we venerated the relics. And then we had to rush home because I, I do two to three uh, in adoration in Abbey Field Church on a Friday because we, we have 14 hours of adoration, so I had to do two to three. So mm -hmm. he clapped in with me for two to three and when he was going home, he said, oh, mom, this is the holiest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I said, it's only starting, yeah. Keegan. Oh, but anyway, I, I actually went back again that night when I had my family fed and all the rest. And I had two hours just literally sitting quietly in the church mm -hmm. in front of the relics. And I just said, I, at the very end, at 10 minutes to nine, there was two guards came in in full uniform. And they bent down and they kissed the relics and they mm -hmm. venerated them. So with, you know, with such mm -hmm. faith and reverence. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I said, the man is dead almost 900 years. Mm -hmm. He must have been holy. Look exactly. at the legacy he has left, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens when you live the call, when, you, when we're when we're when we live the call to holiness. We leave a legacy behind. That's we certainly. I mean, that's he lovely. never realized mm. that there would be two guards coming off duty mm. to venerate his relics no. that night. 
Mm-hmm. And you see, the great thing is loads of people are living this already. We all know yeah. saints. We, yeah, we all do. know people who are yeah. living love. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and they do it quietly. Mm-hmm. They do it in our communities. Mm-hmm. They do it in our families. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're just making those little advances mm-hmm. every day. And that's what it is. Like nobody becomes a saint overnight. Yeah. No. There, there's few mm-hmm. enough of us that were given the charisms and the graces mm-hmm. to be a great saint overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like St. Therese of Lisieux, she said, I am so little that yeah. God will have an elevator or mm-hmm. escalator mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. me to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of holiness that we're called to live. That type of love that we're called to live now next week john we'll have a look at the particular states of life because yeah. again i'm conscious that we're going to be going to our second our third mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. rather on the gospel shortly uh, so next week we'll look at priesthood and religious life and we will look at the consecrated single life or the mm-hmm. dedicated single life and we will look especially at the beautiful vocation of marriage and family. And the importance of that. And yeah. the importance mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. indeed. And we're going to look at what Sister Louisa Rourke, a great friend of the family, friend of the family says I. She's well, a she is. family. She is. We a are friend a of family space, here in yeah. Sacred Space. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to look at a talk she gave to the Fox Rock AGM of St. Joseph's Young Priest mm-hmm. Society, where she talks about creating a culture of vocations. So we'll have a look at that specifically next week. But just to remind our listeners again, you are called by God for an awesome vocation. God has created you out of love. You are not the result of a meaningless kind of gathering together of atoms and DNA and whatever else. You are not an accident. Each one of us, as Pope Benedict reminds us, and we've often quoted it here, each one of us is the result of a thought of God. Each one of us is willed, loved and necessary. And you were created to be a son or daughter of the Most High God. Mm, That's Janet Benkovic always says that mm. you are a, a son and daughter of the Most High God. Like it's, it's and realise the dignity of that. You know? And the dignity of that. Yeah. And the call and the responsibility yeah. of that. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it truly is awesome. Now, is it time for a bit of music? Yes, now? please. <laughs> please tell me what it is. John has been throwing eyes at me <laughs> for the last the five minutes. Um, th- one of my favourite pieces of music. It's called Here I Am, Lord, and it's sung by the Celebrant Singers. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks. Let's hear this. Shall I say? 
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.